Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. Welcome back to another episode of Kinjas Podcast, Moving in the Shadows. Today we have two Devera in the pod. Two is a community vet. She used to dance with 909 Dance Troupe, Hip Hop Dance Troupe back in the day from Team Boogie's Own Breed. Grooveaholics. She was also the former studio director at JV Dance Center. And she is a co-founder and co-owner of Elements Dance Space in Pasadena, California. And she runs operations uh, over at Kinja's. I've gotten to know two a lot over the past year, working with her and um, attending Tony Robbins seminars and things of that nature. I've really come to know and appreciate her ability to... Um, one know herself really well and know what her strengths are and her ability to lead in such a way that um, includes people and empowers people to run in the areas that they're strong in. And uh, we talk a lot about communication and the importance of that in terms of running a business as well as just functioning in any environment, whether that be professional, whether that be with your friends or with your family. I think two is a huge inspiration to myself, though I don't have a family, but for anybody out there that is running, you know, business to raising kids and doing life, um, she has a very good approach in being able to balance all that stuff. She's super detail oriented, very routine oriented, and even schedules in time to have fun which i think is amazing (laughs) so uh we have another fun lightning round which is her favorite part of this show so some laughs there um lots of just good inside information um i think anybody out there that's trying to figure out how to get yourself organized and um know what your strengths are i think there's a lot of good info we talk about this whole personality colors thing which is a really uh, interesting part of the show that i think you guys should take some notes on that one fun talk can't wait to get into it so let's just jump right in welcome back to the kinjas podcast movement in the shadows i'm your host ben and we got mike fowl back there what's up mike today guys we have my very very good friend very excited to have her we have Mrs. Elements Dance Studio. <laughs> we have two Devera in the house. Hello, everyone. Hi, two. I'm very excited to have you here. Uh, one, I know excited. that you are a um, uh, a listener of the podcast. I and, am a and listener. You subscribed, and we talk about episodes, and you critique me on <laughs> things that I can work on, and I really appreciate it. All for in the name of love. Though. Yeah, no, I know, I know, and I definitely appreciate it. So, uh, giving a little background of two, two comes from pretty much my generation of the community. So I kind of view that as like OG ish. Um, from repping 909, yeah. hip-hop dance troupe, <laughs> Team Boogie's Own Breed, Grooveaholics, <laughs> and former studio director of JV Dance Center, currently co-founder and owner of Elements Dance Space, and the operations wizard of the Kinjas. <laughs> Two is killing it. She is she is uh, the queen in, in uh, this, this dance studio realm, is what I would say. Um... Hi, too. Hi. <laughs> um, give us, give, give uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, where you grew up, how dance entered your life, and that whole fun all stuff. All that. Yeah, all that, yeah. 
Uh, I was born on July 29th. Hey, we are birthday <laughs> twins. <laughs> uh, I was born in, uh, in Taiwan. I want to go way back then. Um, and then we came to the States when I was seven months. And I've been here ever since. Um, I started dancing when I was 12 in the seventh grade. I just saw a bunch of girls wearing the same uniform and wanted to be just like them in the junior high school dance team. So I auditioned that year, and that year they were looking for seventh grade captains. And I happened to be like, okay, why not? And then became a captain my first year of dance and didn't know what I was doing, but I was just flailing and moving my arms and, <laughs> you know, doing routine. And so I was on my first kind of um, experience dance was drill team in junior high. Mm-hmm. And then I was ca- uh, lieutenant, seventh grade lieutenant, and then I became ca- head captain my eighth grade year. Then high school, same thing, drill team, captain, all that stuff, a bunch to Balton Park High School. Mm-hmm. Um, and then went to UCR, didn't dance my first year, uh, just because I wanted to focus on school. And then second year, um, joined 909. It was called 909 modern dance troupe mm-hmm. back then okay and then was on it for four years so three years during my undergrad i graduated and then after i gradu- graduated i was on it for another year mm-hmm. um, during that time too we formed um, a competition called ultimate brawl mm-hmm. and back then it yep. was um a competition also a basketball tournament and also a football tournament so it's wow. a whole three kind of terminant thing mm-hmm. um we uh teamed up with like ichiban like the japanese student union mm-hmm. that did the basketball portion um katipunan which did filipino student union that did the football par- portion and then we did 909 handle the dance competition okay and then throughout the years i think it just kind of stopped and it but the dance competition portion um continued mm. i don't know they're in their 20 something years now um, which is going to be in a couple weeks. But just really glad to see that kind of still continue. Mm-hmm. Um, after I graduated, did breed. I actually did Groovaholics first. It was the all-female dance crew back then. And I remember performing at Alton Brawl back then. And everybody was still wearing, like, uh, windbreakers and <laughs> just T-shirts and just, you know, uh, everyone in uniform and then we were the only ones wearing all black with high heels and everyone looked at us like <laughs> what are what are who are you yeah. what are you doing and then i just those are my first memories of being on groovaholics in the dance community mm-hmm. world um and then i was on breed for about i don't know five six years mm-hmm. and then stopped dancing so i can focus on having a family wow yeah. So okay. during that time of like breathe, I this I moved back home, and then was pursuing um, industry, mm-hmm. and I hated it because I didn't. I came from the community world, and everyone's just so like loving and supportive. Yeah. And then my first taste of industry world was not loving and mm-hmm. supportive. So I went to a couple auditions and like hated it, but then started booking like side gigs. Like, oh, this um, Taiwanese artist is going to New York and he needs a dancer here. Mm-hmm. And this book went off those ways. And so I booked those, but then made money and 
but so I was like, I don't want to do industry. I just want to focus on like doing these side hustles yeah. um, while doing breed and then um, made it work. And then I started teaching and I fell in love with teaching. And yeah. So yeah. you said you stopped dancing. Did that include the teaching portion no, of it? No, stop so, performing. Oh, okay, stop yeah. performing and stop trying to pursue it professionally, Correct. commercially and all that. Yeah. Um. So you, wh- when did you decide to start your family? When did that whole so thing start? So I got married in 2005 when I was 26. Mm-hmm. And then we had our first baby at, I was 32, 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got you. So I was still, well, we were married and we were, I was still pursuing dance in a heavy mm. way. And then all of a sudden he was like, well, it's time to have a, you know, we're yeah, to, yeah. clock is ticking. So I was right. 30 and we were trying for two years and then finally got pregnant after that. Amazing. So for like four years, we were, I was still dancing and married life and. Yeah. Gotcha. During that time, I think it was, we was producing a show called Eve. Mm-hmm. I remember so I that. Heavily yeah. into that with Breed and just, it was always just about dance and work at that, mm-hmm. in that um, time period. You studied business in, in college? So I was originally going to be a pharmacist. Okay. <laughs> the ultimate, you know, dream that you, what your parents want. <laughs> your parents ultimate parents dream you. for you, yeah. Um, I loved chemistry in high school. So I had a great AP chemistry teacher. So I fell in love with chemistry and that was the route that I thought, thought I was going to go. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to college, um, I hated my my professors not hated but just i didn't enjoy it mm-hmm. like i hated being in in organic chemistry lab for six hours trying mm-hmm. to get um you know solutions cut, do go the right way and things like that so um but i had already taken two years of chemistry and biology courses that i didn't want to go to waste and have to feel like i had to start over mm-hmm. and be a super senior at ucr mm-hmm. so i took um business courses and i went to a liberal studies major so I went. I graduated with a liberal studies major with a emphasis in biology and concentration in business. Mm. So I was like, maybe I'll go and be a hospital administrator, mm-hmm. and then do you know the business side of the medical field. But then, yeah. So I did. That was the plan. And then for four years, I did work in a doctor's office, mm. managing a doctor's office. Managing. Yeah. Got you. So, so did you already kind of have um, leadership skills and and uh, um, opportunities through college that kind of made you feel like I want to be kind of managing and leading operations? Uh, I, I think it came naturally. I think it wasn't something that I like, ooh, my passion is to be a hospital administrator, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but just something that paid the bills while I was still like, yeah. dancing. Yeah. Um, and it made like my parents happy that I was having like a, a full time job in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even since I was young, I felt like I've always been a, like a natural born leader mm. um, because even my first back into junior high, like my first year of being on a dance team, I was already in a leadership role. Got you. So throughout the years, my leadership capabilities and skills have definitely sharpened mm-hmm. um but i've always kind of been in that kind of uh state of like wanting to do more you know in any type of organization mm. 
Yeah. Did you lead at all at in 909 or Groupaholics Breed? So um, my second year of 909, I was a coordinator. Mm-hmm. And then on Breed, my second year of Breed, I, mm-hmm. was a, I became a coordinator. Got you. And then on Groupaholics, I wasn't, but I was one of the leaders. She, she didn't really have like distinct roles, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I was one of the leaders. In the Got event. it. What was the first event you produced? Um... Ultimate Brawl, I guess you would say. Yeah, the first mm. year of Ultimate Brawl. Okay. Yeah. We were in a gym. Uh-huh. And, yeah. And the, the seats were bleachers. Yeah. So this is back, way back then. We I remember we competed at Fusion that first year. We wanted to emulate it, you know, in every way. Mm-hmm. But we did the best that we could for it being year one. Mm. Um, How, or I guess, what was the, because it seemed like, Dance was a big part of your life as a performer early years through college, and then you decide to step away from it um, as a performer, but it's still in your life. And I think that's really cool because I think sometimes people think of things like dance as like a phase in their life. Like that, there was there was a chapter of my life where um, it doesn't have to be dance; it could be whatever, like whatever hobby you kind of picked up in your younger years, and then you for whatever reason, kind of stop it. And then you just do something else that, that were that previous hobby, whatever doesn't exist anymore, but you were able to still maintain dance in your life because it seems like you, you are passionate about it and you love it. Um, how are you able to turn, uh, two as a dancer to two as somebody who manages and produces events and still builds business and platforms for dance to exist? So I think that, because I love dance so much, I wanted to be surrounded by it 24-7. Mm. You know, the feeling, I think there's no indescribable, there's a, a feeling that you get when you're a performer that you can't really describe to somebody else. Like, you can say happy and joyful and things like that, mm-hmm. but when you, you're actually experiencing that feeling on stage, I think as all dancers and performers, you have that common, you know, emotion. Yeah. Um, so when I, I just... Things one thing led to another, and I just is I've been really grateful that I'm still a part of dance. The dance is still a part, big part of my life, mm-hmm. um, and dance is my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so incredibly busy, but it's only because I want to be, mm-hmm. and it's all because of of dance somehow. Mm. So I think that definitely. You know, I'm creating my own kind of lane in like, I can't, there's people like, oh, I can, it's a phase, but it's like, no, I don't want it to be a phase. Mm-hmm. I want it to be a, it to be a part of my life um, forever. Yeah. 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 So when you decided to not go the pharmacist route that your parents wanted you to do, and you instead were going into managing dance, you know, from producing events to running a dance studio to that whole thing. Did they support the, the shift? Uh, they they did and they didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were, they didn't say it. Like most, like parents, they don't, we didn't have like a sit down and have a discussion. Yeah. I think they knew that I, what I was doing and making money and paying bills and mm. happy. So they didn't really uh, mind it, I think. And then... Now, like they brag about it, like mm-hmm. she owns a, you know, she owns yeah, a studio yeah. or she manages a studio, she teaches kids and things yeah. like that. So it's very um, a proud moment for them where they can like brag to their fellow family and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I know that when they came here to the States, what they wanted from me, uh, from all of us, from our uh, my brothers and sisters, is that we just were to be successful. Mm. You know, so we, we escaped to Vietnam back in 78 yeah. just to have a better life. So I think anything, you know, for in their eyes is is good. Mm. Ideally, you know, I think they wanted me to be pharmacists because they saw my cousins become pharmacists and that right. they, we, they were having a good life. And I think deep down they just wanted us to have a good life yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, I think ultimately with parents, they they look at what they think is the safe routes to take because of what they see around them, you know, and especially when they're immigrants, they don't know, um, you know, the creative ways to succeed or to create a life for yourself. They don't know what those things are because those weren't options for them, maybe, you know, and they they found their way out here and they kind of struggled in, you know, like the traditional business kind of sense, like owning businesses. And, you know, I think for um, especially I would say in our generation, because I think, you know, growing up in the 80s, um, (laughs) I I feel like it was a lot tougher for for parents to support things of like the arts and stuff like that to pursue professionally. I think now it's probably a little bit uh, not as much because there's so many people who are successful within pursuing the arts and even like youtubers and stuff like that like that's a career path that kids are now wanting to take um but i guess for you being able to kind of show and prove um and they're like hey my daughter is not like homeless and 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 (laughs) broke and asking us for money you know like she's able to you know she's building business and she's supporting herself and she's doing well so that's really cool um what how did you get into the uh, studio manager role of JV? So that was the first year Joanna had opened her studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a year after, it was doing really well, but she couldn't do everything herself. So that's when she had asked me. I was dancing with her on her team, Groovaholics, at that time. And mm-hmm. then she had asked me to leave my full-time job to be full-time there. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I just took a leap of faith knowing that, you know, I may not get paid as much as I was over there, but I was getting paid to do something and mm-hmm. I wanted to be around dance more. Mm. So I just, I went for it knowing that, you know, it is what it is and what the future will bring will be good because I'm going to be surrounded by dance and yeah. I'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Was that scary for you to make that leap, especially coming from a job that you were getting paid, whatever you were getting paid to be like, I'm taking a cut, but I believe this is the route I need to take. Yeah, it was really scary because then I wouldn't like get benefits or mm-hmm. any of that stuff. But I think that just the excitement of being around dance mm. is what kind of made me keep going every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't, I wasn't working that year one, but I was like around it. Mm-hmm. I was around the kids. I was around that culture mm-hmm. of studio life. So I wanted to be there more often to do, you know, to do things that I'm really good at, which is like organizing and yeah. managing and things like that. Yeah. So How many years did you do that? I did that for 12 years. 12 years at JV? Yeah. Holy crap. I think 11 or 12. Wow. I had yeah. no idea. <laughs> well... Here we are in this beautiful <laughs> dance studio called Elements Dance Space in beautiful Pasadena, California. Um, talk about how did this place come by? If you guys haven't been here, this place is huge and it's really dope. You guys need to get over here. 
But um, yeah, I understand that this was like a whole process between you and Bo. Yes. You guys, you guys kind of uh, put hands into this thing together. Can you talk about um, the, I guess, the inspiration behind wanting to create this space and and what that whole process was like? Yeah. So back in two thousand. 11 i would say uh, joanna had sold the studio mm-hmm. to a business investor so i was working with the business investor he was doing all the the business side and mm-hmm. i was running the studio um side of it and that time Bo was a teacher at mm-hmm. uh, jv mm-hmm. um, and we had plans um to expand and do certain things with the studio but then all of a sudden uh he did the business investor did not want to. Mm. And at that point, we were uh, growing as a studio, like numbers were going up. And at that point, you can only fit so many kids in a room. Yeah, You know, you can't keep growing without space. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of like the downfall of being in a dance space is that you, re- you eventually run out of space. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were in plans to look for a new um, space, a location number two or whatnot. But then all of a sudden, a few months after like really diving deep into it, he said he didn't want to anymore. Mm. So we were bummed and we're just like, what do we do now? Are we going to stay here and be in this rut and not have a place for our dancers to grow? Mm-hmm. And Bo had, um, Bo had, only, had always wanted to open a space of his own just to be in his creative kind of space. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, do you want to just do it us two? And I was like, well, I don't know a lot about business. I know a lot about managing a business, mm-hmm. but opening a business, I guess I'll Google it and figure <laughs> it out. And, yeah. you know, there's small business association where you can like, there's a lot of tools out there mm-hmm. um, that can help us. So let's just like, why not? Mm-hmm. And Bo's dad was actually in construction. Mm-hmm. So he was the one that, you know, said like, I'll, well, I'll build your studio and you do this. And everyone had a specific responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so we started looking for um, spaces and we came upon this space and we drove in and we're like parking. Yes. Yeah. Everything, you know, in our dream studio mm-hmm. kind of checked off. And then we told the owner and we were very um, transparent with him saying, hey, look, you don't want to do this, but we do. So we're going to go. Good luck with you. Mm-hmm. And so forth like that. So we did everything that we did, like um, the right way, the mm-hmm. right steps mm-hmm. so that it wouldn't like bite us in the butt yeah. later yeah. with lawsuits and X, Y, Z. So we told them and then we told the kids, you know, we're leaving, but we're going to open, you know, but you can follow us on Instagram. That's all we told them. Mm-hmm. We're leaving, but you can follow us on Instagram yeah. to keep in touch. Yeah. And then, then we made the big announcement on social media, like, hey, we're opening a dance studio. And then they miraculously came here and, mm-hmm. and started dancing with us, too. So we've been here. It'll be two years in August. Wow. And, um, yeah, we're just really fortunate for the success it has has had mm-hmm. so far. So we're just Was this crowdfunded? It was. Mm-hmm. So we did Indiegogo. We raised about like $25,000 just for like, and we saved that money um, for a rainy day. Mm-hmm. So when we opened, then we couldn't make rent. We mm-hmm. were able to dip into those funds. Yeah. But everything else came from like savings and um, we didn't take out any loans. Wow. So we did everything kind of ourselves. Um, it, took a, it took us about six months to build. Mm-hmm. And we... W- 
Ray, our constructor, uh, was he was like, I could have built it faster, but <laughs> it was just because funds weren't in. Yeah. So we had to wait some time to like for money to come in to save yeah. money, and then yeah. So when we were opening, we were still working at JV. Wow. So like during that six months of construction, we were finishing our um, our season with our kids because we wanted to make sure that we ended on like the year with them, not yeah. just abruptly leave them in the middle of everything. Yeah. So it was like uh, juggling both uh, coming here. I would come here to, um, you know, tear down walls and do the floor. And then mm-hmm. at four o'clock, I would switch over and then like run the studio over there. That's wild. <laughs> That's something that um, I definitely have come to see and learn about you, too, is <laughs> you have a really crazy work ethic. And um, and I the 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 more I've gotten to know you over the past year, especially, you know, you have two children, you have a husband, you're running this place and you're now very much in the weeds of everything at Kinja's and um, one only has so much time in a day, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so um, how do you balance all of that? Um, I I schedule everything. Mm. I have to schedule it or else it won't get done. Mm -hmm. Um, I even schedule, like I was talking to um, someone the other day, I even schedule happy hour you know what I mean like yes. and they're like you schedule happy hour I'm That's like good. well yes if I want to do it right. I have to schedule it yeah. you know so like you said I have two kids they're five and seven and then a husband and you know they're in Cub Scouts and they're just as busy um, but I think we make it a, a life you know I, I'm lucky because Paul uh, my husband is a regular nine to five mm-hmm. guy he, his corporate job is like really routine mm-hmm. and then mine is not mm-hmm. really routine it is routine but it's not it's like all over the place yeah so that, i think that's why it works mm-hmm. so well is that he can pick up the slack when i'm not there and then when he can't make a doctor's appointment at two in the afternoon i can be like well i can do that because i my own boss yeah kind of thing yeah so um being able to handle everything i think is is scheduling everything yeah there are moments trust that i am like you know, going crazy and, um, you know, want to give up. But at the end of the day, I think my, uh, the, the, my strength is higher than that fear, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Were you always so organized? I was, I know. Like even as a kid. (laughs) Yeah. I think when I was even young, like I'm trying to remember my room, like, you know, all my trophies were all in a line and my posters had to be a certain way. Yeah. Um, and then I think like I look at Riley, my seven year old is, I see it in him too. Mm -hmm. Like he'll line up his hot wheel cars (laughs) and have his books like in order of size. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to be so organized when he grows up, which is great. (laughs) Does it make you happy? It makes you really happy. (laughs) But you can see like he makes his bed in the morning and then Quinn is like opposite is like a, you know, a war zone on his Hmm. bed. But yeah, it's crazy when you can see that in young kids already. So uh, you did this um, exercise with us, the color exercise, right? Like, what color yes. are you? And I think it's always fun. There's all these personality tests online and what kind of creative person are you and what kind of, uh, yeah, like how do you work and all that sort of stuff. Um, how have you found that to be helpful in knowing those uh, 
personality traits and and styles of of working, especially in running a business? So I use it mainly for communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ha- like when you're managing and leading a group organization, you have to know who you're working with. Mm-hmm. So to get the best result out of them, you need to know what type of person they are. Mm-hmm. Um, necessarily that you. So it saves you a lot of time and effort as well. So if you're only communicating one way to everybody, not everyone's going to respond. Mm-hmm. But if you take your time in communicating with everyone in different ways that they like to mm. be communicated with, then the response rate is faster. Mm. And, um, and then that makes your job a lot easier mm. just because you're not having to like continuously you know, bug them for whatever that you need. Yeah. So there's four colors. Should I tell everybody? Go for okay. it. Run I it love, down. I love teaching <laughs> it because when I teach it and people are like, ooh, I, I, I used this at home or yeah. I used this at Starbucks. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy that you used it. Yeah. Um, so there's four, color, four colors. There's red, blue, green, and yellow. And you're predominantly a color, but you can be a different color um, at any point of your life. Right. And you could also be a chameleon. So reds are the the bosses, the leaders, the entrepreneurs, um, very direct, aggressive. Uh, the greens are organized, um, you know, punctual, very OCD. Uh, the blues are the lovers, the huggers. Everything wants to be uh, good in their world. And then the yellow people are fun and energetic mm-hmm. and late. And so there's... Um, good and um, not so good qualities in each color, but in any type of organization setting, you need all the colors mm. to it to be uh, successful, I think. And so if you're going to talk to a green, you're going to lay out bullet points for them and so that they understand and they're clear and that, you know, it, feed, it uh, feeds their organizing, you know, nature. If you're talking to a blue person, then you want to sandwich it with like hugs and like compliments and love and but you're not going to necessarily yell at them because mm-hmm. they're going to shut down. And then yellows, you're just, anytime you communicate with them, you just want it to be fun and energetic and, um, you know, super, uh, I don't know, again, fun. Yeah. And then reds, you just are really direct mm-hmm. and they are, they're the like, don't waste my time. Let's go kind of people. Mm-hmm. So there's, again, there's different um, layers of this because you could be a a yellow-blue person, but you want to receive red. Or you could be a red person, but the way that you want to receive information is blue. Mm -hmm. And that's how you respond. So getting to know the people that you work with and getting to know what color they are um, can save you a lot of time and effort because then you're not just, um, it's that old saying of like, treat others how you want to be treated. It's mm-hmm. like, no, treat others how they want to be treated. Mm. Because me and you are different people. right? And, you know, some people like to be like, you know, drill sergeant yelled and like, you know, they're, they're made for that. And some people are not. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to be yelling, if you're going to be yelling at everybody, you know, not everyone's going to be able to respond. Right. So there's the colors is like you we use a lot of colors in um, training our teachers because to have a successful um, dance class, of course, 
be an amazing dancer, of mm-hmm. course, and mm-hmm. amazing teacher. But then are you fulfilling the needs and wants of your dancers in that class? Mm-hmm. So students are different colors, you know. So you might have a couple of reds in there. You might have a couple of greens, a couple of blues, yellows. Mm-hmm. And if are you doing everything to meet their need? then they'll keep wanting to come back. Mm-hmm. But if you run a class that's like blue and it's like, whatever, you're late to <laughs> class and it's like, you know, chill, your reds are not going to come back to mm-hmm. class, mm-hmm. things like that. So we teach a lot of like making sure that you're doing everything to fit every color need mm. and then your classes will grow besides just like basic like marketing come to my yeah. you know, Tuesday six o'clock you know yeah but that can be get really old and daunting because then everybody's advertising you know your class mm-hmm. but once you get it those kids in your class what are you going to do to keep them to stay mm-hmm. besides you know great dancing but you know are you some mostly kids who start dancing are new to dance right so how are you going to make them fall in love with it mm. and to continue yeah you know so that's yeah. good um, in your opinion, I know that you said that in any, in, in, well, in every organization, all the colors are kind of needed in, to some degree to kind of keep balance within that organization. Right. Um, but in your opinion, it, if you were to break it down to, um, what would make a successful business person for yourself, like what is your opinion in terms of the basic, as long as you're able to do blank, you will be able to kind of have the basics of being able to run a business. As long as you know your people. Mm. I think you can't, I heard this somewhere, you can't do everything, but you can do anything. Mm. So to run a business, like for example, for Elements, like I don't do everything. I lead and manage and run operations, but then Bo takes care of all the creative and then I'll like support his creative and I have some ideas too, but he's in, you know, he's in charge of all the, the creative stuff. And then we hire out for people who are, you know, green and, and blue at the front desk because they're the ones that are going to get, have to enroll everybody. And then, you know, so I think as long as you're hiring right for that position, mm. um, in any business setting, you know, you'll, you'll do well because like, for example, like at a restaurant, like your hostess should be green blue yellow mm-hmm. you know you want to be fun but they got to organize and seeing like you got to sit this person at this time yeah you know and then maybe for your servers they need to be a, a bit of a chameleon you mm. know so it's definitely when that any type of business who you're hiring is important and as long as you know your people because you can you can't hire a yellow a server they're just gonna be late <laughs> all the time <laughs> they're not they're gonna get the orders wrong but they're yeah. just not having fun do you know what I mean? They'll, be, they'll make people laugh, Exactly. Though. <laughs> <laughs> they'll have a, a great yeah, time, yeah. but then they're going to screw up your order. Yeah, I get it. Do I get it. Mean? Yeah. So. That's really good. Um, <laughs> it's really interesting because I think, you know, I think especially in this day and age, everybody um, is kind of encouraged to be the sort of, you know, go-getter, alpha, you know, sort of personality types, right? And... Um, that's like that's so almost kind of praised to be this self-made alpha type, and um, you don't really see any other types really being glorified in that way too. 
Um, but like you said, for somebody to work like a front desk, for them to have like the blue green, you know, to be warm and welcoming, but organized because that position that you're hiring for requires that. But to put somebody that's super red there, maybe right. kind of impatient and be like, right. why aren't you signed up yet? Why did you not, right. you know, like pre-register online? Direct, yeah, you, you know? know, so I think, um, yeah, how you uh, identify the specific position that needs to be filled needs to be filled by a specific type of person. and But all of those positions ultimately you know, fall under the umbrella of an organization. So right. I think that's really interesting that um, that you're able to identify that because I, I totally vibe yeah. with that. Yeah, even like, you know, digging deeper with like marketing, like you need like yellows in there that will think of the ideas mm -hmm. and things like that. But then a green person in the marketing team to actually like get those bullet yeah. points done and actually do the work in that sense. Yeah. So all colors are yeah. needed. That's good. <laughs> This show is officially brought to you by Kinesthetic. Hop on the store.kinjas.com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at Kinesthetic Brand. Um, what do you do or who do you look to for... Um inspiration or mentality training whether it become or whether it be for business whether it be for just your own personal life because I feel like knowing you you seem to be somebody who's constantly looking for knowledge and wanting to grow and self-improve um, you and I both attended Tony Robbins <laughs> <laughs> seminar a couple months ago um, yeah what are some of the things that you do to kind of um personal development uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts mm -hmm. um, that's like my main thing that when I'm driving I just list, I just all put on a podcast um, and then I like the shorter ones too that are like 10 20 minutes yeah. rather than like an hour sometimes because it's just like it's quick um, and they'll give they'll give you quick tips mm -hmm. um, and then I read a lot I read I try to read like a book a month um, mm. and then I'll, I follow certain people on Instagram about, you know, like mom, mainly kind of like moms who are making it like uh, fashion mamas. And there's like all these other um, bloggers and um, entrepreneurs on Instagram that are like kind of what I'm doing. I'm, what I'm doing. I'm, they're a mom. They're on their own business. They're doing 10,000 things. And mm -hmm. I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it. I think that's what my kind of thing is like. If people are out there like, you know, running 10 businesses, like, why can't I, like, sure. you know, yeah. Dang, that's crazy. <laughs> um, you mentioned reading, um, and you said you read a book a month, try to read I a try book. try to, Do you yeah. schedule that also to read? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, where I, do you, when yeah, do you have time to read of. in the day? So it's a combination of, like, a real books, like, like, paper books, uh -huh. and then also, like, audio books, and then e-books. Yeah. So uh, I have it in all kind of, in different states, I guess you yeah. could say. But um, for audiobooks, I'll read it right before I go to sleep. Yeah. And then a book book, I'll try to schedule out. Like if I'm going to go drink, my treat for the end of the week is going to a coffee shop and like just sitting and reading. 
things like that. So and you give yourself like like an hour. Yeah, like half hour. Half hour. Yeah, I try not to schedule anything <laughs> like too long. Yeah, because then it seems like I I won't be able to do other things that yeah. I want to do. Yeah. I'm I'm really asking you these specific questions because I'm just really trying to visualize. There's 24 hours in a day. She does hella stuff. How much time <laughs> does she allot for each thing? Because I think that's for somebody like me. I'm not super like schedule detail organized like that, where I block out specific amounts of time for like if I'm gonna go to happy hour, I'm just <laughs> gonna go. <laughs> it's not in my schedule, you know. But um, no, I think that's really that's really interesting. Um, because there was a point in my life where I didn't schedule everything. Yeah. You know, it's before this is before kids. And so I would just like still do I still organize and work and dance. But I wasn't like I think when you have kids, it it creates this new life for you mm-hmm. because, you know, everyone's just like, oh, once you have kids, you're going to change and this and that. And I'll back in my mind. I'm like, well, I don't want to change. I like who I am. Yeah. Um, but how can I incorporate them into my life, you know, without being you know, changing. Yeah. So that's why we schedule happy hour. Like yeah. we go happy hour with our kids, you uh, know? Yeah. So, you know, we, uh, we're not going to get belligerent. Kid friendly, kid happy friendly places, you know, <laughs> for like cheesecake factory. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Totally. Like where they have the, the, the menu is like half off appetizers. Yeah. Things like is. that. So, mm-hmm. Um, like they'll have lemonade, but we'll have like one beer. So uh-huh. it's not like we're getting going sure. out belligerent, happy yeah. hour drunk. It's just something that is, you know, relaxed downtime. Totally. Where, yeah. You know, well, we schedule it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think it's pretty clear that you're a routine oriented person. What does um, a typical day look like for you? Ooh, what day of the week is it? <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> Pick a day. I don't know. <laughs> um, I feel like Tuesdays are my longest days in yeah. the world. But um, so I wake up at 6, okay. 5.36 and then kids. That's every day or is that just Tuesday? That's Monday through Friday. It's okay. 5.30 or 6. Okay. Um, but breakfast, I make breakfast for the boys. I you know, make their lunch and then I get ready and then they get ready and then they're off to school by 8.30. Um, sometimes eight. So if they're dropped off at eight, uh, then I go work out. So um, I'll have like 45 minutes to work out and then I'll come to the studio, answer emails, work, um, do the f- tough stuff first. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then they might be have meetings in between there. And then I used to teach, but I stopped teaching um, once I started doing more things for Kinjas. Mm-hmm. Because um, that was like two hours of my day where I was like, okay, I, either I teach or I do more things I can fit in with Kinjas. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'll switch, swap it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of meetings, a lot of stuff at the desktop computer and emails and communicating and organizing. And then um, I'll continue meetings throughout the night too if people can't make daytime meetings. Mm-hmm. People, I work with a lot of people that just don't, run dance studios and run dance stuff. Yeah. So they're like either teaching or working their regular nine to five. And so the only time they can meet is maybe like at eight o'clock at night. So yeah. I have to make time to meet with them. Um, but yeah. And then sometimes I'll, I'll be done here and then I'll go home, take a shower and then continue working on until like midnight. One o'clock is my like no more. I got to get some sleep. Wow, so you pretty much only need about five hours of sleep a night. Yeah, yeah. I've trained myself that way in the past, I would say, two years to only have about five, six hours. And some nights I'll I'll be like, I'm 
done and I'll go to bed at 8.30 when the bed the boys are going to bed. Mm-hmm. But then that, you know, that's like if everything's done. But if I can't go to bed knowing that there's something that's that can be answered quickly or done just so it's out of the way hmm. for the next day and I'll have to deal with it. Do you drink a bunch of coffee? I drink coffee every morning. Sometimes I'll drink two cups, like like I'll have a midday cup, mm-hmm. but other than that, I, I can't drink past like five o'clock because I'll be up and okay. I'll be asleep. Do you take naps? I wish. <laughs> um, on the weekends, sometimes, mm-hmm. if there's time, but Got it. no no naps. So yeah. you allow the weekends to be a little bit more lax for your schedule. Yes, unless there's like an event or something going on. Yeah. Yeah. But That's wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you do things for kind of your own quiet space sort of thing? Uh, I've tried to, not I've tried, I have been meditating. Mm-hmm. So that's three minutes. It's under, uh, I use the Headspace app. Mm-hmm. So I was like, three minutes? I could do three minutes. Wow. So it was, it, I meditate in between the, after getting the boys um, breakfast and lunch ready and right before I get ready. So I use those three minutes to like put my headphones in, close the door. They'll be okay for three minutes without mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and then meditate and then go from there. Dang, that's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's it's really, I love hearing people's schedules because then uh, I think just what we all do, we all compare ourselves like, well, what do I do? And like, what what is my routine like? And it's cool to see other people's routines and just kind of how you were saying, you know, you follow people, whether it be on social media or whatever, like people that you admire, people that you can kind of relate to in terms of, uh, a similarity in lifestyle or somebody that maybe you like look up to in a lot of ways. Um, I think that's what's great about uh, things like podcasts because you get to hear people's other people's um, experiences and routines and you can kind of kind of maybe even kind of pick and pull from different people like let me try something like that because I think I've learned a whole bunch of things just from listening to other people's routines to kind of apply to my life and start seeing like oh that actually does help and stuff like that so that's really interesting to me um I think um to add to that it's I heard this too it's like success leaves clues mm. so I stopped trying to like figure things out for myself like you know, what works. I was like, well, that, and then I just kind of emulated what it works for other people. Mm. So that, that will save me time of like trying to discover who I am or whatever like that. It's like, just be exactly who that person that you want to be and do exactly what they have done mm. because they've obviously have taken the correct steps to be successful. Yeah. Why don't you just follow what they're doing and then kind of make it into your own life. So yeah. 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 Um, what do you do when you get burnt out? Um, I, what do I do? I just take a day for myself and not try not to do anything. But um, I don't think that's possible with kids because they don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Th- you know, there's some nights when we'll have like date nights or go out with friends and like, you know, we'll be a little... When you're older, you can't bounce back as much as as you did in your twenties, mm-hmm. and so you'll be a little bit tired. And then, but they'll be like, "No, we're we don't care if you're tired. Make <laughs> yeah. us breakfast, yeah. you know, kind of thing." Uh-huh. So, um, but we'll have days where we just do, do nothing, kind of days, mm-hmm. and I really enjoy those days where 
I could put the phone away and then I could um, just either watch TV or just do simple kind of like mundane everyday things like laundry mm-hmm. or um, cook, things like that. Mm. So I could reset. Yeah. But then I always find myself at the end of the, those days, like going back to the computer and like clearing out emails. Mm-hmm. I think for me, not to have anything built up like em- emails makes me feel like recentered. Mm. So I think from somebody who's super um, routine and like you plan everything, you're very self aware and know when you need to take a step back or need to do something to recalibrate and give yourself some grace to, hey, it's okay to not be super ham today because I need some time. Right. Yeah. And I've learned to say no Mm. to certain Mm -hmm. things and I've learned to like be okay with missing out on like, hey, you know, so-and-so's birthday party or hey, so-and-so's having a dinner. Like, you know, I'm going to miss out and I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. because I've, you know, I can't do everything. Yeah. 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 I love that. I think that self-awareness is something that, um, is huge in terms of being able to, uh, be successful and however you define that, that term success. Um, I think some of the people that I, I find to be the most, um, influential in the world and to myself and that I get inspired by are people who, um, just know themselves so well and and that knowledge of themselves um allows them to be honest and so it's kind of this uh what you see is what you get you know and i think some of the most uh you know influential people are people who are just able to honestly express themselves um while still yeah you know developing um their skills and you know creating whatever it is that they create or doing whatever that they do to put out into the world and I think like yeah from what you're doing um you're completely living that you know and I think that's really cool um so with the most recent uh with your most recent involvement so heavily with Kinja's um (laughs) what are your thoughts in terms of um how you see dance in its current state as a whole and also just with what or I guess sort of what sort of passion do you have um, in wanting to build with the Kinjas? Let's see. So I was talking to Lee J the mm-hmm. other day. I think it was like when I was having kind of like a, a meltdown day. Mm-hmm. Um, he told me that, you know, we are now in the process or in the weeds of legacy building. Mm-hmm. And so when he said that, I was like, oh, my gosh, like I've been in this commu- dance community for over 20 years and I just wanted to see it continue. Mm-hmm. Um in any way that I can help assist in that way to help it continue to grow and flourish is what my passion is. I don't exactly have the ideas or have the answers or know the vision of where it's going, but for me to have a part in it somehow of what my um, skills are or what I'm good at to help is what kind of excites me Mm. to keep, um, to be a part of it and to kind of help grow it. So I think that's why um, anything kind of involved with dance, I'm more of a yes kind of gal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there's other things in besides Kinja's and elements that I do, I'm not a part of. Mm-hmm. So like uh, we did a, uh, a dance program through Georgia Unified, you know, last year. And it was that was a heavy undertaking. But at the same time, it, it dealt with dance. So it was always kind of like, yes, I'll go for it. Kind of be a part of anything that's mainly dance related. Because I just want to see that art really grow and flourish and not have the stigma of like, oh, it's just for fun or for art, there's no career in it. It's like, no, mm-hmm. there's so much opportunity that's involved with this that I want to be, I want people to know about. Yeah. Yeah. So too, we also are um, working on a very big dance show that has been around for a few years called Arena. And you are the producer of that show as well. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about what Arena is? And um, yeah. So Arena Dance Competition started in Chengdu in five years ago. And they're going to have their fifth one this May. And last year was the first um, time that L.A. uh, happened. So I was brought on to produce the L.A. one last year. It was at the Ace Hotel Theater. It was a great party. And now we're gearing up for year two. It's going to be at the Soraya in Northridge. And we added a kids dance competition component this year. So the kids day will be on July 20th. And the adults will be on July 21st. And it's in a beautiful venue. We're really excited to level up this year mm-hmm. from last year. Um, we, also, we also have a competition in Singapore um, that's been going on for a few years. And then we're hoping to add more locations in 2020. So mm. just basically growing that brand um, under Kinja's. So just excited to be a part of producing that event. Yeah. Yeah. And we also have uh, a dance camp that follows um, the event, right? Yes. So this is our second year that we'll be doing um, the dance camp that follows with Building Block. Mm-hmm. So we're happy to partner with them. And then, so that's going to be five days of camp, July 22nd through the 26th. And then due to some date scheduling, uh, we usually have Kin Jam around that time too, but it's going to be later in August. Um, but be sure to follow Arena Dance uh, Comp for all the, the latest dates and things of that nature. So, yeah. Follow us on IG if you're not, because we're going to post all about that stuff there. Yeah, so it's coming up, and so we're revving up our engines to like really um, throw a lot of marketing and posting and stories your way, so to get everyone excited. But yeah, year two, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so stoked on Arena because I think, um, I would say we're kind of a baby in, in the whole dance competition circuit, I mean, within our community. You know, we've had, you know, from the vibes to the body, body rocks, rocks and all that. And, you know, we've kind of stepped into that arena, no pun intended. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think just the um, experience and from what people have told us from feedback of the show, the showcase itself, the competition, as well as um, the dance camp, uh, people have just really been excited. And um, we're, we're getting inquiries from people all over the world wanting to be a part of this. So. Right. Um, it's going to be a big one. Gonna yes. Be a big one. Super yeah. excited. So just um, that planning has gone underway and we just really want to have a great show for everybody. But yeah. Yeah. What are what sort of um, future aspirations or goals do you have for yourself personally? 
I want to own a home. <laughs> uh, just like I'm pretty basic in that kind of sense, just like own a home and watch my kids grow. Mm-hmm. And um, like I want to be that 70 year old lady that goes viral and she's like still dancing. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like um, just lead a simple, happy life like that mm. kind of thing. So. So you don't have this uh, vision of being boss lady of this no, fortune 500 company no i think <laughs> like i i mean that's great uh-huh. but i don't see and i see myself there but at the same time if it's not there then that's okay yeah 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 it's yeah. good <laughs> um how how do you define success um success living your way hmm. yeah so not having to um, like if you live your way and you work in a corporate world and that's your way, mm-hmm. then that's you, you know, or being your own boss. That's mm. you. You know, I think mm. people are so wrapped up about like having to be so- a certain somebody or discovering yourself or whatever. Like just do you, mm. you know, it's good. So. Legit, legit. <laughs> um, cool. We're going to get into a lightning round. <laughs> so you know what this favorite is this part. is your favorite part i always like <laughs> i always listen closely to what people say and it's like oh really okay like it's you <laughs> wow. know it's like well, the pressure's just, on just, then too uh, just i didn't it wouldn't um and then summer's like oh so typical yeah, do you know what i mean yeah. but i love the lightning round when when you guys interview people it's it's fun to know what their gut reaction is and who they are what they like things like gut that. reactions are important it's <laughs> like the first thing that comes to your mind so here we go okay. three two one what's your favorite color purple wow i wouldn't have thought that <laughs> best era for music oh man the 90s nice best era for fashion Ooh. Uh, now i think now now yeah yeah. Well, now it's kind of a blend of like the 90s and, and other things. So I yeah. kind of agree. Actually, okay. sorry, I take that back. The 50s. Wait, was the when it was like uh, Mad Men? What era is that? 40s or 50s? I want to say that's like the 40s. 40s. Yeah, or like, um, you know, what's that, what's that show on? Um, Peaky Blinders? No, oh, okay. it's on Amazon. Uh, yes, Marvelous Miss Maisel. That I don't. 20s, 30s, whatever that era is of Marvelous Miss Maisel. That's the bomb need, right there i would to love to wear him. like they all wore dresses and all men all wore suits like it was like you wore a suit yeah even if you had like a regular you know what i mean yeah. or the shit was like down like dressed down but just that era that was nice too. everyone should just go back to wearing yeah but people can wear that now so that's True. why i'm like saying now because yeah. you can wear anything in any area and people it, were like, yeah people do whatever now <laughs> what was your childhood career goal oh I think a teacher, I, th- I play, a teacher or architect. I oh. remember drawing out a lot of houses, like a lot of floor plans. Whoa. And, was, and then I played school a lot. Like I would make my organized roll sheet yeah. and like make up, <laughs> make up names and then like line up my teddy bears and yeah. say, okay, Andrew, you're here. That's amazing. Well, you're kind of <laughs> doing both of those I things right am. now. That's I'm not cool. an architect, but, but it, I do, I do look ways. at floor plans. Yeah, see? <laughs> uh, what's your favorite music genre? Uh, uh, ooh. Well, hip hop, like R and B, all okay. that. I listen to everything, but except for country. Um, but yeah, I think because I in the I'm in the '90s, that R and B, Beastie Boys, 
hip hop era. Yep. Yep. Love it. Gone too soon. Aaliyah. Mm, <laughs> I agree, man. I was super sad. Yeah. I think she's my age. So if she was still alive, she'd be 39. Got you. Yeah. So. I wish I was more like this. Oh, I wish I was more like. I was trying to. Oh, gosh. I was, wish I was more uh, not scheduled. <laughs> 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 Just like. Hey, dude, let's go, you know, lunch. I'm like, okay. Rather than like, no, I can't have a meeting. Uh, yeah. So sometimes scheduling is great. Sometimes it's not because then you feel. How are your vacations? Are they super itinerary scheduled? No. Okay, so good. when I go on vacation, which I'm going on vacation in August. Yeah. We're going with a bunch of other people who are turning 40. It's yeah. our big 40th birthday party. Nice. And the people we're going with are really itinerary people. And I'm like, yes, I don't have to plan <laughs> nothing. Like, I'm just going to go show yeah. up and have a great time. Nice. All right, there it is. <laughs> There's the balance. What do you value most? What do I value most? Uh, fa- family. Yes. Family. What is your worst fear? Uh, my kids passing before me. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take that knock. <laughs> we don't want that um, uh, If you were to have a superpower, what would it be? Ooh. Uh, fly. Flying. Yeah. So I can get to places faster and do things faster. <laughs> you know, teleporting will get you there right oh, away. True, true, true. <laughs> but <laughs> I can see flying a little bit funner. Uh, it'd be, yeah, it'd definitely be funner. Okay. Um, if you can go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? Stop worrying. Yeah. It's hmm. a good one. Less of, more of. What would you want to see less of in the world and also more of in the world? More hard work, hustle, um, less the opposite less laziness and like people giving excuses Mm. yeah i think a lot of people give a lot of excuses just to get by Mm -hmm. and i think there's a lot of a more energy in people that they give themselves credit for so i'm always uh, you know i always want to leave live by example so that's why i live the way i do and just be the best at all times as much as possible mm-hmm. so that people can see that and like level up themselves, you know? So, yeah. Cool. What is your golden rule? My golden rule is this too shall pass. And that was, um, thought of when I was uh, a new mom and I was, it was probably like two or three weeks of in of being a mom and you're like sleep deprived and you're hmm. just going through everything. But then in the back of my mind, I was all like, this is going to pass. He's mm-hmm. not going to be three weeks forever in his life. Mm-hmm. So I kind of made it like where I enjoyed that moment because it's going to pass. But then if it was a hard time, I knew that it was going to go. So it, was a, it, it wasn't going to be, you know, the end all be all. So this too shall pass, shall be my mantra because I need to enjoy and also know that it's going to be okay if it's a, a bad kind mm. of moment. That's really good. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot to unpack for that one. 
Um, two, this is really cool talking to you. Um, I think it's been um, a pleasure working with you and seeing how you you navigate through um, so many different scenarios to um, what you bring to the table, the energy that you bring to our organization. And then when I get to come to elements and see how you function here, like, dang, like everything's like well-oiled and, and I feel like you have a, a very um, good grasp on um, the people that you're, that work for you, the people that work with you. And, um, and all the while, like I see your family life and like, I love seeing the kids around. It's just, (laughs) it blows my mind and it's really cool. And then, and you know, we've gotten to, um, share in my opinion, like a really, um, you know, special life changing sort of thing at Tony Robbins. And, um, that was something that I was completely just like, not expecting to happen for myself personally, but then also just sharing that with you. And I think that was just, um, it's just been really cool to see uh, where you're at and like hearing just even the things that you're saying. Uh, to be honest, they, they're they they're kind of like checkpoints for me too, you know what I mean? And just in, even in the way that um, I, you know, value time or uh can be a little bit more scheduled <laughs> and stuff like that because I'm that doesn't really come super but it's getting better yeah I think Tony Robbins definitely that that whole experience has yeah. um, made me implement a lot of things into my life but it's been cool like just um, it, I think what I'm really I guess appreciating about you is like the the balance between um, work and and just real life and friendship and all that and I think um yeah you're a really cool person thank you I'm just blessed to this is my life so I think I've stopped I've stopped stopped thinking of it as like work life balance Mm -hmm. it's just life you know so if I work 80 hours then I work 80 hours if I'm Playing 80 hours and I play 80 hours. And yeah. I think once you stop thinking about a work-life balance, like it's just, it really, it takes a lot off your shoulders and you're just living life. Yeah. That's such a blessing because not, not a lot of people are able to separate no. work and life because it's, they're by nature so separate, right? Like right. people will go clock in and they don't take their work home with them when they clock out. Right. Whereas um, our line of work is, it's little, literally intertwined right. from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep, um, which if done correctly yes. um, and yeah, and, and doing it, you know, with thought and intention, I think is the best way right. <laughs> to live. You know, so, very, I'm very, very lucky. Yeah. I thank my lucky stars every day that I get to live this life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, where can people follow you in all the cool things that you're doing with your uh, space here to your personal life and all that? You can follow the business on Elements Dance Space. Um, my Instagram is, I think, to U underscore Devera, D-E-V-E-R-A. Um, but I post a lot of pictures of my boys and, <laughs> and um, family life more so than work life. I do dabble in a little work life on that. Um, Instagram page, but it's just mainly of. Hey, you of could the, be the you could be an inspirational mom <laughs> to whatever mom parents are listening right now. They're gonna follow your journey. Yeah, 
So Elements Dance Based, two underscore Devera. And follow Kinjas, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, love for all, basically. Sick. Thanks, too, for Thank coming you. on and chatting I'm, with I'm us. I'm really um, uh, humbled and appreciated and shocked. So I'm still living, living in the dream, everybody. Dude, <laughs> I don't understand why you'd be shocked. You have <laughs> I'm over here just learning from you. It's really good. Um, thank you guys for listening again. Um, if you guys haven't already, please hop on to your podcast app, whatever, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, we're on everything. Subscribe to the show. And um, if this is adding value to your life in whatever way, please just share it. Share it on your social media. Tag us. Uh, tag at Kinja's podcast, cast with a K. Um, tag us individually. And um, I always do uh, my best to read every single message, DMs, and I regram everything that you guys are saying that you're learning from each episode. I get super stoked off of that. And it's, it's, uh, that's really why we're doing this is to just help and provide value to you guys in some way, shape, or form. If you guys aren't able to, for whatever reason, find the episodes on your podcast apps, you can go directly online, kinjas.com slash podcast, and all the episodes Plus, the show notes are on there. The show notes have um, lots of cool stuff, videos, things that we're referencing, whether it's books, um, events, things of that nature that you're curious about. You'll be able to find all that stuff on the show notes. So get on there and get all that info. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, oh yeah, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. If it's killing it and for you and you're loving it, give us that rating, share it, uh, write us a review, do all the stuff. Thanks, guys. See y'all next time. Peace out. Kid your